Welcome to the Emerge Thriving Podcast, wellness designed for real life. In these conversations, we focus on topics that impact our everyday lives. Forgiveness, self-worth, resiliency, embracing self-care, the power of nutrition, and so much more. Life isn't always easy, but together we can take steps towards a thriving life. Today, we're talking about the power of sharing your story. Birdie Lynn, author of Through the Storm of Early Trauma, Healing and Overcoming, and owner of Milan Property Management and Rain LLC, a technology firm, is joining us to share her experience and to shine a light on how sharing your story can help you move forward both fearlessly and shamelessly. Thank you for being with us, Birdie. We're so glad to have you. Before we get started, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having me. As you were saying, <laughs> I um, author of Through the Storm of Early Trauma, Healing and Overcoming. And um, I'm just so grateful to be here today and share my story and my experiences. Thank you, Birdie. I am excited to welcome you today. Your conviction to help others release the burden of shame and fear is deeply resonating for me. And I love that you have a desire to open the door for others to share their story too, as they heal from difficult circumstances or situations, experiences. Personally, I can relate to how difficult it can be to share experiences that have traumatic roots. So it's important to me to mention before we get started that Sharing your story might look different for different people. For some people, it might be opening up to a trusted friend or a counselor. They may, that may feel like a big step towards sharing your story and opening up. Maybe it's just journaling privately. For others, it's, um, they share their stories in different ways like activism, advocacy, writing, poetry, and art. But in our conversation today, we're highlighting your experience and we're hearing about your story and how it's helped you move forward in healing. So we're going to focus our conversation on how we can move forward from pain and trauma. That's really where your heart is at and where you really want to spend most of our time today as we're talking. But having said that, would you provide a little context or a little backstory for some of the challenges and the traumas that you faced in your life. So we have an idea of where you're coming from as we move forward in our conversation today. Absolutely. So I dealt with sexual abuse at a very young age, and that moved into dealing with losing self-confidence, hating my body, still dealing with self-hate at that point. And finding spirituality to move away and heal from that error and then moving into bullying and suicide and racism and then being violently raped and and dealing with the the aftermath of that. So yeah, I've been through a few things (laughs) that God's allowed me to come out on the end. That is so much. And it can be such a burden to bear those things. Every one of those experiences that you had and that you're sharing with us to open the door for somebody else that's experiencing those things too. So I honor and affirm and respect and see and feel how much you've had to go through to get through those experiences to get where you are today. And also at the same time, I'm deeply grateful that you're here and that you are in this place where you're able to open the door for somebody else. So they don't have to stay in that place of shame, fear, trauma, and pain. And so that they know that there's a path forward. So thank you for sharing some of those insights that you've been through. And for those who are interested in knowing more about your story and they want to learn more, Your book is available for them. So I really appreciate you making that available to people um, and being as transparent as you have been in your book. So deep stigma surrounding much of your trauma and pain, that's been such a truth for you. You've really had to navigate stigma on so many levels. And it's been crucial for you and your healing 
not only to rise again, but to rise again with deep dignity and a strong sense of self-worth. So can you share with us what are your thoughts on moving forward in life, both fearlessly and shamelessly? And what does that look like for you in your life as well? So first, I, I just want to kind of, if I can give an illustration of um, what that looks like. So everyone's probably seen the movie Monsters, Inc. I um, used this illustration just a few days ago on another interview where I explained that have like dealing with the the what we call as well demons in the closet or things that we haven't addressed things we've we've kind of swept under the rug compartmentalized in our minds things that we felt like we we just pushed them away and didn't face them those things are you know especially from what I dealt with you know dealing with that sexual abuse at such a young age and dealing with all of those thoughts and feelings and you know and just everything that I went through I put them in a closet and I put those I call them monsters I put those monsters in the closet and I you know pushed and held and then I finally learned to have a key to lock it right and keep them at bay and what ended up happening is as I grew out of that and into my adult life as you know, a woman, those monsters started to bang on the door and they wanted to get out. And I refused to let them out because I didn't want to accept or recognize that they were there and that that happened. I wanted to be normal. And so what I ended up doing, finally being able to realize, okay, they're sin, you know, these monsters are coming for me and you know I'm I'm having these nightmares and things aren't just going away like I want them to. And so I end up getting professional counseling. I end up sharing with sharing that, you know, what happened to my parents and people I trusted that started to alleviate some of that that guilt and that shame, but I still hadn't healed because I'm like, okay, got it out, but it's still deeply affecting me. And subconsciously there were triggers to, you know, how other people reacted or that I would react without realizing that those triggers were coming from those monsters I had not let out. So I eventually had to open that closet and I had to face my fears. I had to face those monsters. And I say this example like this, because if there are any teenagers or children that happen to ever listen when I'm speaking, I feel like it's a great example for them and any adult who would have to sit through that movie with their child <laughs> to really grasp um, and understand that until you face that monster and that you face adversity, you face that hurt, you face that pain and realize, you know what, this happened. I acknowledge it. I accept it. I need to identify the source. I need to understand it. You're not really going to start healing like you want to. And be able to forgive, you know, yourself and, and the, 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 the monster. And you're not going to be able to actually move on and experience that freedom, that joy, just living of living shamelessly and, and, and fearlessly. You won't be able to walk in the path that God has, has for you. And so for, for me, that's what it came to. I had to stop running from my fears and I had to face them. And so that's essentially what that looks like when you are addressing childhood trauma, you know, as an adult and what it looks like when you can help your, your children now um, that you have to face any trauma that they have and may be experiencing. Thank you so much for sharing. That's really resonating to hear you describe a way forward to reclaiming your own life. It's so true that you can't press the button and you can't have all the hurt and pain go away. For me, getting out of my situation with childhood trauma, you know, I had to work hard. And I know in reading your book, you were in the same situation. You had to work hard to create a path out. And, you know, for me, that's survival mode. I was just focusing on the things that I could do, 
you know, how can I get out of here? What can I do? And being in that survival mode just became my way of living. And it, it really isn't until I realized I haven't healed. I'm not healing anything. I'm carrying this around with me. And I'm basically in a perpetual flight and fight mode all the time. I'm not really thriving. I'm not healing. I'm not facing this. And then all of those issues of self-worth, you know, it plagued. It was plaguing me because it was unresolved and trying to forgive in when being in that place, that survival mode place where you're not really moving forward from the pain and the trauma. Trying to forgive can be such a burden. So it's resonating to hear what you're saying and how you're encouraging us to recognize as a key part of finding that fearless, shameless life experience, that this is going to be a part of that. Oh, yeah, it's it's important. And it's also important to know. And that's why I tried to show my face, <laughs> try to show this mug. But I, I tried to, you know, I put it on the, the cover of the book. I'm not hiding. I put it on the cover of the book. I'm putting it on social media in the appropriate places. Because I want people to see, um, see the blessing. There's so many opportunities that I wouldn't be here talking to you if I didn't face my fears, if I didn't heal, if I handled it any other way and didn't power through, I wouldn't be here. And so I think it's very real. We have to appreciate life and that we're here. Like I pinch myself sometimes is, yeah, I'm human. Like I'm mortal. Like this is happening. Like, yeah, like life is cool. Right. And and it's just like, and I thank God for the littlest things. And it's not really little because, you know, when I take my next breath, I'm thankful for that because I'm not promised my next breath. You know, there are some, there are people who, you know, I've, I've heard die of sudden heart attack. My heart goes out. They didn't know that they weren't, that their next breath was going to lead to that. And so you have to come into the realization, at least I did. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect for sure. and we're going to face adversity. We're going to go through trauma. Not one person on this earth has escaped trauma at all. They went through trauma just to get into the world. That was a very traumatic experience. (laughs) And so, I mean, you may not remember it, but it was, you know, who knows what you were thinking when you were a baby and you can talk. (laughs) But yeah, so it's very important to, um, just, and that's just to kind of break up that moment because, it can be, this is a very heavy topic. And sometimes a lot of people run from it too, because they're like, oh, I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be down. But, you know, it's okay. It's okay to feel. It's okay to laugh about it. It's, it, you know, find humor in the situations, depending on the trauma. It's okay to be angry, scream inside of your pillow. It's okay to just feel those emotions and know that they're passing they're not emotions that, that are going to last. It's like a storm. You'll never have, well, you had sun in Seattle the other day, so I was <laughs> going to make a joke, but you, you'll never have a storm that is going to be continuously over your life. And that's over your, you know, period. Like it was storming every day and thundering and lightning. I mean, how dark and, and ugly would that get, right? There's going to be sun and you're going to be able to shine bright. And that's what I have to keep telling myself as as I push myself to power through because I know I'm going to level up and have the best chapter of my life. Like each time I'm like, okay, I can't wait to get to this next chapter because this, this one sucks, but you know, 2020 sucks, but 2021 is going to be, it's going to be better. (laughs) So many words of wisdom there that can bring a lot of peace. I know I would have loved to have met you earlier in my life. There were times where I really couldn't see the sun and the metaphorical forecast looked really stormy for a very long time. And it does really, I agree, it really does get down to mindset. And it's also kind of a spiritual set, an emotional set. It's really a way of being when you're in that place of real and metaphorical kind of, of darkness or uncertainty. You know, it's kind of having the faith and cultivating a deep connection to a deeper knowing that the sun will come back again and just putting one foot in front of the other. I appreciate your words of encouragement and hope to help people who may be listening, who may be in that place where 
you're thinking, I don't see the sun and I don't know when the sun is going to come back again. And really encouraging them to have hope and to hold on to that truth that it is going to come back. It is going to shine again. And this is just for a time. This has certainly been very true in my life. And I know it's been true in your life too. It can be really hard going through it. It's not that it can be really hard. It is really hard going through it. But this too shall pass. And you can be okay. And really caring for yourself and honoring what you're going through and and processing it and having the support and the care around you while you're going through it can really make a difference. Oh, I was going to say a little tip. Uh, When I was in in Oregon, one of the things that I would think about, because it it does, it gets depressing. I mean, I came from a state where it was pretty much sunny a lot. (laughs) So when whenever it would just, you know, get into those stages where it'd be a, a forecast at all, a, a lot of um, gray sky, uh, gray skies or rain or anything like that. I've said, you know what, it, it may be raining for the next 10 days, <laughs> but, <laughs> and I may not see the clouds, but you know what, what makes Oregon and what makes the Northwest so beautiful, absolutely just alive very much so is the earth. It's green. and it's abundant. There's life. There's that energy that's there. And you know what? The sun may not shine for the next 10 days, but guess what? I know it's shining somewhere. Just like it's five o'clock somewhere, <laughs> it's sh- that sun is shining somewhere. And when you go and I'm, I'm flying, and I used to think about this because I would look at the sky a lot growing up. Whenever there were clouds, you'd see a layer and they would just cover so you couldn't see the sun, right? But then when the cloud would move, the sun would reappear. So essentially, when it's cloudy skies and you have the clouds and you have 10 days of it, you know that the sun is still shining. It just the clouds are so thick, it can't pierce through. So when you're going through something and it doesn't seem and it seems hopeless and it doesn't seem like you'll ever see the sun again, just know that it's there. Hope is there. It's just that storm that you're going through is really thick and you just have to have the patience and the dedication to prayer and belief in yourself and to know that you can get through this. You can power through it. You use your outlets and you're going to level up because it's going to come out on the other side. The sun is still shining. I love that metaphorically and I love it for the truth that it is for the weather here in the Northwest. You talk about in your book that one of the things that's been most pivotal for you in your journey is learning to celebrate yourself. And this was really something that came to your awareness in a deep way. It was when you were, so this is back in 1995 at the 25th Essence Award and Oprah was speaking and she shared her poem, I Know Who I Am. And this profoundly moved you and it shaped your perspective of the power of claiming your worth. So can you share with us more about that? And then what would you say to others about the power of recognizing their inherent worth? I remember I was in the living room and although I had glasses on, whenever I just felt a part of the movement going on on the television, I was just like smack dab on, on top of it. Just like looking at my, my, my mom and dad's like, get back from the TV. But at that, that point, they didn't. Because Oprah commanded my attention. The way she delivered that speech, she delivered it in a powerful way that moved my soul that day. That so much that I, I, I didn't, I never forgot you know, deliver this poem and exude proud, you know, just her feelings. And she's so proud that she was Black. She was African-American. And embodying what that meant to be African-American. And I had never seen that before. I had not ever seen anybody deliver a, a speech so eloquently. And it was in that moment that I was able to tie, like, I was, I held that close to me in my heart. Eventually when I 
ended up moving on to the situation where I was dealing with the racism. And I went through the steps that I, I kind of, I had to become my own expert, right. And a lot of the things that I had to deal with when I, I grew up, because there wasn't anybody to really go to, like my parents didn't really believe in counseling unless it was absolutely required or necessary for something. What I had to do is understand why don't these kids like me? Like, what is it that I'm doing? I'm smiling. I'm being nice. I'm trying to come out of my shell. And like, what is it? And I honestly started to realize that I was not liked because of the color of my skin. It was something that I could not change. It was something that I would not change. (laughs) And I was proud of who I was. So if they don't like me for the color of my skin, then they're going to have to deal with it. But what over, like, so that was the confidence I was trying to come out for me to wake up every day and go to to that school. But then what took place then after that was, okay, this is depressing. They're peppering the N-word. They're really being mean, eating alone at lunch. All these things. And that's a lot to handle, especially with everything I had already been through. It was a lot. So I got angry and I didn't deliver that poem as eloquently as Oprah delivered it. (laughs) But I went back to that moment when I sat in front of my television and watched her deliver it so eloquently that she was proud of who she was. She was proud to be African-American. And I was, by her being proud, she taught me that I should be proud too as a little girl. So fast forward, there's the energy I, I drew back on. And there's what I used. And that moment back in 95 became so important for 97. And I was able to then deliver that speech. Again, that was about a passion and anger that you, you know, I wasn't being accepted, but I'm going to tell you who I am. And, and whether you like it or not, this show is still on, is, is, is still scheduled. This show is still, um, still going. That's where that moment. So it's really, I like to encourage anybody because it is an outlet. In order to get through trauma, you have to use outlets in your life. I used them when I was a little girl and I still use them to this day. That was a source of an outlet, like music and just anything could be an outlet. Whatever causes you to pause and think, if it's going for long walks, if it's going for a swim, if it's going just for a staycation, go to a a hotel within your city just to break up the monotony of, you know, your everyday routine of going home. Whatever it gives you peace, that's what you need to go after. That's called self-love because now you are recognizing there are things you can do to love on yourself, to give yourself peace. And that feeds your soul to be able to calm you down and to think. Now, I do have three different things just really quick to kind of, again, lighten up the mood. There's budgeting. (laughs) There's a budgeted self-love. There's an unbudgeted self-love and there's a free self-love. So free self-love is kind of what I just talked about. Like you're going out, you're walking a nice bubble bath, you know, watching your favorite show have your curlers in your hair with the bonbons and in your house shoes. And that's free. Budgeted is, you know, taking yourself out to the beach, planning a trip, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to go to Miami or I'm going to maybe there's a schedule for three months of bad weather. Right. So now I'm going to schedule to do a mini weekend vacation and within my budget and I'm going to go to the beach or I'm going to go to Arizona or just wherever the sun is shining. And then an unbudgeted is just like one of those moments where you just give yourself permission to just go and do something that makes you smile. For me, that is unplanned trips to the beach. (laughs) That is unplanned trips to the ice cream store. It could be big or it could be little, but it's something. And and you should allow for, you should allow for those moments and give yourself permission for those moments, just to generate joy and peace. I celebrate you. You know, first for your poem that you shared in the words from your heart, your life experience, and the way that it came out with that passion and force. 
And you can tell when you're reading the book, or I guess I should say for me, I listened to it on Audible. So when I was hearing the book, I could tell that it was riveting for you to speak those words. And then that made it riveting for me to hear them. And so I'm sure for everybody else that was there listening to you, it was powerful them for them to receive it too. I applaud you for speaking and for sharing and expressing it in the way that was right for you. It allowed that truth to really flow and for the full impact to come out because you didn't choose to stifle it and you didn't make it a message in somebody else's tone. You know, we are all inspired by Oprah. At the end of the day, we're ourselves. And so the way that we're going to speak and share and show up is going to be true to who we are. So I admire your ability to say, this is me. This is how I feel. And this is what's true for me. And I'm going to share this because this is a message that needs to be heard. And this is the way that it needs to be heard. Especially since that was a situation where you didn't know how it was going to be received and what the impacts of your message is going to be. That was a high risk situation, but it felt like a message that needed to be said. And you went ahead and you did that. You spoke from the heart in the way that was truthful and powerful for you. I also appreciate what you're saying about creating peace for yourself to create joy where you can, because there's going to be those moments when you are speaking truth to something. And that's a totally different moment than when you're just simply restoring, replenishing and affirming and celebrating your own value privately, which is for me just as important and powerful as the moments when you're honoring and celebrating yourself out loud and openly for other people to see that you're worthy of honor and celebration. They're both really important parts of deepening your self-worth, acknowledging your self-worth and letting it be something that you really cultivate a connection with, a deep connection with, and you create space for it in your life. So sharing your story has been a real deep desire of your heart, not only to shine a light on the truth of your experiences, but to encourage others to find healing through sharing their story too. And that really resonates with me. So can you expand on that a little bit more, share what your story's meant for you? And then also, what would you say to people who are on the fence about sharing their story? Well, a close confidant of, of mine just kind of summed up in in words of why in, in my heart, like I feel sharing my story and for others to share the story is really important. But for me, that pivotal moment was just realizing and, and, and recognizing that I would be selfish not to share my story. I have gone through a lot, like more than the average person in terms of how it's just, it's like, it's just kept coming and kept coming. You know, I was dealing with all this stuff. And, and especially from an early age, for me dealing with all that I've dealt with and then to know someone who's gone through some just way less than I have, but they were left broken with no hope and will to live. I mean, there have been people who've taken their, their precious life and it's a very serious matter because those feelings are very real. And so my job you know, is to love others and a, a, a way to show that I love others is just to share my story and help them and let them see my face and, and encourage them through words and share my story and know that, hey, look at me. I'm a living testimony, a living example that no matter what, I didn't let it knock me down. I got right back up and I healed from it. And yeah, it took a long time. You don't heal overnight on, on these things that, that happen, but you can do it. And here's hope because guess what? You are not alone. There are people who have it worse and you can get through this. You have to be able to see. And like you said earlier, to your point, the truth is right there along that the sun is, is shining and this storm is going to pass is temporary. And just to kind of double back to that moment at the very end, at the very end of my 
uh, speech that I delivered in high school, I ended up like, I, I mean, they could tell, okay, that I was passionate because I was like, you know, I am, I am, you know, and, and they're like, and so, and I was ready to exit off that stage. And I told them, and I was blown away by the response because the response was unexpected. I delivered the response to, according to what I knew to be true within me and how I was feeling, but not delivering it to be received, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I didn't have, I didn't have those thoughts, but it's just like coming back to pivotal moments in your life and knowing that there is hope. And sometimes you're going to have to do the act to take, you know, do the act of work to stand up to, you know, some adversity in your life. It could be a bully. It could be a work bully. It could be a person, you know, that's just creating havoc. Stand up for yourself because there are only going to be one or two things. What's the worst could happen? That they don't respect you or that they do respect you. And nine times out of 10, if you stand up for yourself and you don't back down, they're going to end up respecting you or walking away or leaving you alone because guess what? They can no longer get under your skin. They can no longer be effective to hurt you. And something, uh, a mantra that I definitely keep, I have several, but I keep this one up front, hurt people. If something's going on and you have a work bully, something's going on with them. There's a reason why they're lashing out and they're hurting. And so when, when you allow, when you stop giving them the power to hurt you, that's when they move away. That's when they, they respect you because that you have something then that they don't have and they don't possess. I know. And I'm blown away too by the difference between 1995 and today in terms of resources and support. You know, now in our day and age, we have access to resources and support guidance that's specific to the challenges that we're going through. So you can really get like tailored inside and be able to reach other communities of people that maybe can relate to your challenges or situations, which really, honestly, that's part of why it's so striking that you had the inner strength and the ability to speak up like you did back then. I really feel like as we're, I'm getting to know you and hear more about your experiences, that you're really an example of how we can not just tell and share our stories, but be our stories. You really are an example of what it might look like to embody what, you know, sharing your story and then continuing to share your story looks like, like really living out your story in real time and allowing yourself to unfold and to grow and to heal throughout the process. So when I'm thinking about healing, you know, for me, I know that it's not linear and it can be really challenging, especially when revisiting old wounds that I thought were healed, but they're not healed. And I'm kind of going through it all over again. So you shared a little bit about how outlets have been helpful for you to navigate through and come out the other side of difficult challenges. So I guess at this point in our conversation, this is a natural opportunity to expand on that. Would you like to share more about the importance of having outlets and how that's helped you on your healing journey? Yeah. So I really took this seriously. I didn't want to just put my story out there to say, just for people to be like, oh, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. Like, oh, that's awful. You know, I wasn't, I didn't want to just share my story and and like for people to just acknowledge that, right? If I was going to put all my business out there and be vulnerable and transparent, I wanted it and prayed, prayed towards this end that I could be an instrument to allow people to show them, to be transparent, to show them the tools that I, uh, I use. Like when, when I say tools, like the mental tools. So like I went a step further. So in the book, I tried to, hey, here's what, what happened. Here's how I powered through. And here's how I'm feeling today. And then I started thinking like, and I had to get this together quick because I was like, I need to expand on the outlets because those are important. 
those are the, 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 the mental tools that help you power through. So I created a workbook that people could take my, my book chapter by chapter and I ask questions. And we have um, a, a beginning survey and an ending survey on it. And we really go through those steps that I use. So I share the steps that I use to kind of get people or to get myself out of these situations mentally um, to where I can normalize and just stabilize my feelings and emotions. I shared that and those steps, but then I take you through the chapters and I give you the, the you know, reader um, an opportunity to reflect. And then I have the outlets at the back. So a few outlet favorite of my outlets, which are adult coloring pages. Love it and inspirational. I love like the mini, I have a mini collage. So I, I do one of myself and my childhood and kind of pictures that could speak to the book. Um, so I know that they would, um, you know, kind of see, you can see me what I look like in that time um, that where I was experiencing that. And then there's the, I love vision boards because I'm very goal oriented. So there's a vision board page in there and you can write down your goals. But most importantly, the one thing that I'm excited about in, in my workbook that um, I created for the book was once you go through all the chapters and then you go to, you take the end survey and you realize, because some people don't think that they've, that they've been through trauma until they actually, my book, it triggers some things that they didn't realize. And I help create a game plan. We're going <laughs> to develop a game plan and we're going to attack it. Like, okay, so what are you most comfortable with? You can go, you know, seek professional counseling. And a lot of people get scared away by that because professional counseling makes it seem as though there's something wrong with you. So, you know, I like to call it a counselor or, you know, uh, someone who will, you know, will, will listen and be able to, they don't know you, they don't know your family. They're not going to judge you, but they're going to give you a a different perspective of an outsider looking in, right? This is how I get through in life. This is how when adversity is coming, yes, it hurts. And yes, I'm in the moment. And no, I cry just like everybody else. I have my moments of depression, but I know that I have those moments and I allow myself to to have those moments. And maybe I'll take a whole day or maybe three days or maybe a whole week and I'll allow myself to feel them and be in those moments. But I know that there's an end. And I, I got to get up and I got to get going. So during that time that I'm, I'm, I'm down, I'm doing those outlets. I'm thinking, I'm walking, I'm coloring, I'm whatever it is I'm doing. I'm a gamer. I'm gaming. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you better believe it. That workbook is there and I want people to use it. I've had um, several people reach out about it after, you know, afterwards. It's colorful, lots of pictures and it's experience. Every single detail I wanted to make sure that it was a part of an experience for anyone who gets it and wants to read it with the book or without. It's very effective for me. And look at me, I'm here. And so it definitely could be effective for you. So true. We do need support and guidance along the way. So our healing journey continues to unfold. That's been true for me as well. I appreciate that you created and you're sharing something with people that has deep meaning for you. And that you want others to receive that gift of healing too. Absolutely. Thank you. So this brings us to our next question. And when we first met, we were talking about some of the things that were important to you to share with other people. And the power of belief came up pretty quickly and pretty strongly for you. So can you share with us what your thoughts are on the power of belief and how it's helped you move forward in your life? So. Believing in myself, I had that up until the age of six. I didn't come, my dad may have been a minister and preaching to other churches, but I didn't have, he, he never forced God on us. And that's one thing I really do appreciate about my father is that he wanted that to be a natural process. But all hope and belief was taken away at six years old. And I didn't know how to get it back. I lost confidence. I started hating life. And I started hating myself. I didn't understand why I was frozen in fear. I didn't understand 
why these things were happening to me. And I didn't understand why my body didn't react the same way my mind was reacting. Lots of things that really contributed to me losing belief. What ended up happening is going on a long walk with my father and really seeing just a gorgeous sunset. And I've seen so many (laughs) since then, but really actually seeing for the first time. I probably had seen the sunsets and sunrise, sunset. You don't really pay attention. But that day I had really saw it in the way that the, the sun was shining through the clouds. There's no way that beautiful scenery like that just boom existed. And it was then where I started to feel like we as humans weren't alone. And when I say that, meaning there was, you know, a creator that was detailed, that knows me, that knows of, that knows every detail, that knows my story before I was born, that knows like, you know, and has created everything that I see before me. Every time I walk outside, I love nature. And it was with, and it's so funny because I'm just kind of like now having an aha moment. It's funny how when I'm with nature, I'm like, I'm in nature that I'm like, I feel at I feel wholeness and I feel, you know, at peace. And it's kind of like, I'm one with the universe, right? Like when I say that, like, I feel like closer to God because that's how I came to know. And that's how I came to really gain belief back into myself. Once I realized that life started to have meaning, there's a reason we're all here. I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure what my purpose is, but we're all here and I don't know what, why. And so life had meaning, which in turn gave me a space in where I can start developing belief in myself again, in a higher power. And so I began to explore the meaning of life through that spiritual awareness now that I had at seven and just being awe-inspired that, wow, me breathing, the way my body works, like everything I was learning at school, just about the earth that we're in, it became different. It became real. Yeah. The way I'm hearing you, the way I receive it is you're speaking about something that's bigger than we are. And if we can accept and honor the value of who we are as individuals, and if we can value that greater picture, and if we can value the truth that other people around us have their own purpose and worth too, then it can help create a much deeper strength and a deeper fuel a deeper motivation for going forward in your aha moment. You know, that's so true. Being in nature is life-giving. So if we, we could really benefit from deepening our connection to nature, you know, feeling the sun, being around trees or whatever your nature is, wherever you're feeling connected, it's such an immediate visceral response to something that's bigger than us. You know, it's a way to connect to that greater than sense and that feeling that's always available to us if we choose to tap into it. Yeah. And so I'll have a free self-love moment this week and I'm going to go hiking. Yeah. And you're inspiring me to do the same. So I really want to make sure that we hit on a couple of important points in our conversation. And one of your main messages to people is that they're not alone, which is why you've chosen to be transparent as you have been in your book, is because you really want people to understand that they are not alone and the depths of that truth, you know, how they are not alone and the different ways that they're not alone. So what would you say to someone who's really resonating with your experiences and it's really striking a chord with them? What would you say to them as they're listening to this conversation today? I would say... I'm right there with my arm around you and giving you a warm embrace. And I'd say, reach out to me. And first of all, I do want to just say this to anybody like who financially cannot afford to get the book or the workbook. 
but you very much so want to go down that journey and that experience, please reach out to me. I will get it sent to you because uh, it's important to me that you heal. And it's important to me that you're able to share your story. But I wanted to make sure the book was written in a way as if I was sitting right across from you sharing my story. And the workbook was was written as if I'm right there with my arm around you, giving you a hug. And now you and I are right there and we're working through this together because the goal is that you're not alone and you know, no one should ever have to, to be alone in dealing with this. And so that's what I will want someone to feel and to know that if you don't have anybody else that you feel that's in your corner or that could hear you, I think one of the most important things with trauma and definitely for me is feeling validated. When I share my trauma, something that impacted me so much that I didn't have someone there to tear me down about it or, oh, whatever, or you're just being too sensitive or, or that didn't, I don't think that that person meant it that way, or I don't think that they, oh, I just can't believe it. You know, just all these incentive, sensitive comments that are made when, when someone has really just been vulnerable and shared with you, there's their hurt, you know, that they were hurting and why. Because it takes so much confidence to do so and so much energy and anxiety that's built up to share something so important, even if it's not important to that person, that anybody who experiences someone coming up to them with uh, them sharing what's going on in their life that's impacted them, listen, and then validate it. I am so sorry that that happened to you. That is an awful experience. This, these are words I wanted to hear. It was an awful experience and I can't imagine what you were going through. I want to share with you that you're not alone and I'm here, right here with you. You know, I'm here, I'm your ear. If you need a hug, I'm here to check on you. I want you to know that you're not alone. And that's what someone needs to hear. Validate them. And that's what I'm, right there doing that's what I want the reader to know is as I'm going through this book I realize that someone reading the book could be triggered could be going through trauma could have dealt with the same things that I've dealt with but I want them to know that not alone I'm validating their trauma as well from far away I probably never met you but as soon as COVID this pandemic ends I'll be out and I'll be speaking and I want to meet you I appreciate that coming from a place of traumatic roots that we were like we were talking about earlier you know, so being able to find your tribe and know that you're in a safe space with them, that's just a breath of fresh air, a huge relief, and it can allow you to step forward into your healing. So what are some resources that have been helpful for you specifically on your healing journey? And that can be anything, so, you know, something you read, a program, something you did or that you continue to do for your health. Anything that just stands out in your mind that you'd like to share with us? You know, reading my Bible, you know, every morning, meditating in prayer. And and also, um, I love reading the, uh, like, quotes. I love authors like Maya Angelou is very keen on um, sharing that words, words matter. And so, and she's like one of my faves. So when I go and I'm, you know, reading different books, like there's this book called Deadly Emotions. And it, it's a book that, that I was reading that kind of explains like how powerful emotions can be. I like reading intellectual articles and books on the mind and thoughts and the brain and how it works. So that's what I, I get. I get all geeked out about. I like health articles and books on just general health and brain health too, because it helps me understand a little bit better and have just a little more insight. I definitely don't have the career path of someone who studies brain health for a living, for example. But like you said, just being able to pick up a book or read an article and learn something new, you know, that can shed so much light on who we are as humans and how we can heal and then maybe help you discover what's right for you in the process. So I appreciate that. I really resonate with that as well. So for those of us who are looking to stay connected and engage with you, what's the best way to stay in touch and how can we reach you? 
So you can find me at birdielin.com and that, and that handle we're working on it, but it, it may change to birdie Lynn Kelly, but for now it's birdielin.com. And, and even if you always keep that website, B Y R D Y L Y N N, it'll just, everything's going to be redirected at, at, at some point eventually. So you won't ever realize that you're, you've typed in the wrong thing. The uh, handle on my um, Instagram is at Birdie Lynn. So B-Y-R-D as in dog, Y, you know, either of those two places for Birdie Lynn. And then we also have a website called Inclusive Talks. And that's where I give free interviews. Like we do free 30 minute mock interviews. I do them personally as a, a CEO. I have been in you know, in the industry for real estate the last 17 years. And I have realized how, how much people don't have the confidence in interviewing, how they don't negotiate their salaries. So I want to help build people's confidence and give them a boost of confidence and to practice before they go into their interview to land that job they want. And then also I give resume advice and that's free for the whole year of 2021. It was my, my way of giving back by giving free interview and resume advice. So if you were going to pay somebody to do your resume or pay somebody to for interview help or or, or what have you, like go to inclusivetalks.com and you can schedule an appointment with me and we can get you started for free. And if, and if, you, if you still need anything after that, then by all means. But I think once, once you, you speak to me and you're able to, you know, talk about it and you're interviewing, you'll be fine. That is such an empowering way to support people. It can really help boost your self-confidence and help recognize the strengths that you do bring to the table by having someone like yourself there to help really lean into that, really identify those strengths and help share them out so other people can see that about you. So thank you for sharing that gift with people. I really appreciate that. That's a game changer and a life changer. And I do ask for people's support if they could support me just by when they go to birdieland.com, I have promotional swag on there. Um, so just fun things that I've played around with and, and clothing and things that I like, like a beach bag, because I love going to the beach. And so we develop a, a logo that's very empowering. And I put that logo on the things that I like that empower me, like when I go out and have my little beach bag and I'll have my book in there. And then we have the workbook that's on, on the website. And the book is is on Amazon, Amazon, Goodreads, Book Baby, Barnes and Nobles. We really appreciate your time with us today. Is there a final thought you'd like to share with us before we part ways? Your attitude determines your altitude. Always remember that. Someone shared that with me when I was little. Your attitude affects everything. And just always remember that hurt people hurt people. And so there's always a story beyond what you see. Thank you so much. Words to pave the way for continued healing. Thank you for a wonderful conversation today, Birdie, for sharing your personal experiences, for your insight and your perspective. We appreciate you and we look forward to staying connected. Thank you. Same here. If you have a wellness topic that is important to you, Let us know by visiting EmergeThriving.com forward slash podcast.